Tonight's nightcap is a two two part of sort of the same thing. I recently rewatched the movie Wanted Dead or Alive with Rutger Hauer and Gene Simmons. And I was talking uh, with this a little bit with someone. I think it might have been my buddy Rob when we were watching it. And uh, a few things. Joey, good day to you. A few things. First off, it's fascinating to me that that was a early Gene Simmons appearance, especially as a movie, uh, as in acting. Where I actually think, my day's going fine, Joey, thank you. Uh, howdy, Scott West, good to see you. Tonight we're discussing uh, Wanted Dead or Alive with Rutger Hauer and Gene Simmons. And it's fascinating to me that Gene Simmons, number one, it's a little funny that they cast him as like this Middle Eastern terrorist, uh, <laughs> given that he's Jewish. But anyway, that's besides the point. The... The surprising thing is how good of an actor the guy actually is. And maybe that shouldn't be so surprising given the, the makeup and the stage performances and everything of Kiss, but he ever, actually ever, ha like, he does a good job. He's got good menace. He's got good screen presence. I would recommend it. It's a good movie, Joey. And Rutger Hauer, as always, is fantastic. But upon rewatching this movie, they did some neat little interesting things with it. Um... Gene is indeed pretty fun to watch in all of his movies. Uh, King Dinosaur commented that, and I have to totally agree. I am sort of surprised that he didn't do more. Maybe it was too much work or he didn't need the money or I don't know what, but I actually think he does a fantastic acting job. And I actually think it would have been cool to see him, you know, he, he played villains and creeps in most of his movies, if I recall. It would have been interesting to see him play some sort of other straight managerial role especially given the cadence of his speech and the way that he talks. Um, but in this particular movie, they have some neat touches. Number one, Rucker Howard's uh, character is a bounty hunter. And I thought it was neat that they had his home base be the sort of this industrial building with the garage, uh, you know, that he pulls his car into, takes him upstairs and he has his little, has his little shooting range and everything in there. And I actually think that would have been kind of cool if they had made that, into some sort of resurrected series to have that be more of a prominent thing, his sort of battle warehouse. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I liked that they don't have him be a complete loner. Like he has a girlfriend in the movie and slight spoilers ahead, by the way. And, and at some point when they get the guy back on the job, so when they get his character Randall back on the job, you're expecting the trope of, oh, well, he's got to leave to go do this job and his girlfriend's going to be mad and she's going to be yelling at him and they're going to have a fight and blah, blah, blah. But Joey, not now. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, so the, the thing that they do that's kind of cool is the, um, uh, the, the guy's that are like the CIA guys that are hiring them for this job. Um, they actually have set up a, uh, they have actually have set up a, uh, like a smoke screen, like, Hey, her job, uh, needs her cause somebody called in sick. So she has to go cover for him. And then she just leaves a note and it's like, you know what? That's smart writing. That's smart writing. And it's a cool piece of the story. Because if you were going to hire this guy to do this job, you wouldn't want him distracted. You wouldn't want him worried about, oh, well, now I have a fight with my girlfriend. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, now that you, now that you have a little bit of, uh, <clears throat> that sort of a, uh, ha now that you have that little bit sort of a, a of a thing there, like you're going to, you're going to what, have the guy be mad and thinking about that the whole entire time. Um, you wouldn't want that. And so I thought that that was kind of a neat little writing directorial sort of a thing there. Um, but then they blow it because then she doesn't stay there the whole entire time. And you're like, why wouldn't they have sent her away for the whole entire length of the contract? That kind of doesn't make any sense. Like they started with a good idea and then they kind of blow it. And that was a little bizarre to me. And then the other thing that I didn't like is then later on, they do sort of the, okay, he's hunting on this guy because he's terrible. So Gene Simmons stuff. Hey, Ali Michigan smoking blondie. Good to see you. Um, 
they they have sort of this aspect of okay, Gene Gene Simmons' character is a terrible guy. He's done terrible stuff. But then they throw in sort of this revenge plot thing, and I'm just like, why did you have to do that? You didn't need to do that. That's a little weird. Um, so that was a little strange. Um, so ultimately, as we're watching this particular movie, so. I think it's a fun flick. I think it could have used a little more action. There's a lot of just kind of walking around, talking shit. Actually, I think there's more action in Gene Simmons blowing up innocent people than there is Rutger Hauer kicking ass, which they could have used a little bit more of that. That would have been more fun. Actually, I think Rutger Hauer might fight the fight the fight. He might fight law enforcement than he does more than he does fight the bad guys in this particular movie. Um, Ellie, hope you're doing well. Uh, good to see you as always. We are talking about the movie Wanted Dead or Alive with Rutger Hauer and Gene Simmons. Um, so, uh, hail the villainous. Good to see you too. Gene Simmons blowing up people is still good. It is, but you know, that's like watching, uh, it's like watching a lot of movies where you go, I wanted to see this action guy cause I wanted him kind of kick some butt a little bit. And then when they don't, you just feel a little robbed. Does anybody else feel that way? Um, and so that's maybe the only disappointing part of this particular flick. The ending is spectac- spectacular. Um, very good story in that regard. Um, I do like that what they show is that the the villains, e.g. the terrorists in this particular movie, they aren't your typical, oh, they're just going to run around with rickety AKs and just pull these sloppy sort of hits like, they're intelligent. They know how to make plans. They hire guys to do other side jobs. They have like a network. And I actually think that really lends some good meat to this particular movie in terms of both its plot and its structure. Like it just, it's better when you have a, a villain and his crew that are a little more compelling in that regard than just simple brainless Goombas. Uh, you know, I mean, and that's cool for some simple smash action, but not not so great when you're looking for you know some uh, you know something that's a little bit more than that. And so I think they did a they did a good job with that in this particular movie. So without spoiling and going much too much into the rest of the particular plot of this movie, um, there is a point in the movie where they talk about how what they're going to do for their attack is they're going to blow up some tanks of methyl isocyanate. And I'm thinking in my head, is that a Star Trek thing? If you don't know what I mean by that, Star Trek often uses scientific stuff that's a mix of science and gibberish. You know, they make stuff up because given the rest of the context of the plot often really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter here either. They're going to use a nasty chemical and it's going to poison a bunch of people and that's bad, right? Right. Nobody likes that. But I was like, I wonder. So I looked it up because they also <clears throat> made mention at some point. D&D girl says, well, I started the feed and then my roommate was talking to me. So I thought you were talking about Richard Simmons. No, if they had cast Richard Simmons in this movie, it might have been a better movie. Sound off. People in the chat who've seen this, do you think this would have been a better movie if instead of Gene Simmons, they had cast Richard Simmons? Actually, what if you flip-flopped? What if you had everything that Richard Simmons did swapped with everything that Gene Simmons did? How cool would that be? If I ever get three wishes, that's going to be one of my wishes. And that's not a waste of a wish. That's a fucking phenomenal wish. My second wish is going to be that they remake the original movie RoboCop shot per shot, everything that's completely remade, except instead of Peter Weller, Danny DeVito. Think about that for a minute. Uh, Richard Simmons in the demon makeup would be funny. Also, Gene Simmons in a leotard doing aerobics would be hilarious as well. Um, <laughs> so, Uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, you know, it's a little weird. Um, (laughs) 
So what I went and looked up is this particular gas, whatever. And as it turns out, the thing that they reference in the movie is real. It's not, uh, it's not just, um, it's not just a plot point. Uh, it is actually a real thing. Um, so what this is, is there is a thing called the Bhopal disaster, also referred to as the Bhopal gas tragedy. That was a gas leak incident on the night of the second and third of December, 1984. At the Union Carbide India Limited Pesticide Plant in Bhopal, Madhya Pradesh, India. It is considered among the world's worst industrial disasters. This is a little bit of a bummer here. Over 500,000 people were exposed to methyl isocyanate gas. The highly toxic substance made its way into and around the small towns located near the plant. Absolutely terrible. Um... They have at least, uh, there's 3,787 deaths, uh, reported. There's over 16,000 that were claimed. Um, the fatal injury count is about 560,000 people as a result of this mess. So, um, I'm going to continue to read a little bit of some information on this. Estimates vary on the death toll. The official immediate death toll was 2259 in 2008 the government paid compensation to the family members of 37 or I'm sorry of 3787 victims killed in the gas release and to 574366 injured victims a government affidavit in 2006 stated that the leak caused 558125 injuries uh, so I'm going to skip down a little bit. Uh, so then we get to the cause of the disaster remains under debate. The Indian government and local activists argue that slack management and deferred maintenance created a situation where routine pipe maintenance caused a backflow of water into an MIC tank. That's the abbreviation for the chemical triggering the disaster union carbide argues that water entered the tank through an act of sabotage. Now that's the, that's this actual pseudo realistic little hook because in the, in the movie, the terrorists sort of allude to that about how the thing that they're planning is going to make this look like nothing. So they actually use a little bit of a piggyback into that sort of controversy and unknown sort of aspect to sort of enhance their own plot, which I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you all think about that? Part of me says, I think that's kind of awful. Another part of me says, Hey, like basing something like that on a thing that's known is obviously an easy way to, I don't say boost credibility, but, um, you know, if you can frame something on reality that makes your story inherently a little more realistic. Right. But I don't know. Is that in bad taste? Um, I'd be curious to know what people think about that in particular. And while we ruminate and ponder that for a moment, those of you listening to this as a podcast, you're going to take a quick break. I'm going to do the break now, and then I'm going to read the rest of this, uh, article so that that way then it can, uh, sort of be, re- uh, read out loud, uh, unbroken. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Let's continue with this. The owner of the factory was majority owned with Indian government controlled banks and the Indian public holding of 49.1%. Oh, let's see. Uh, Let's move on down. So the cleanup on the site ended in 1998. Can you believe that? Dow Chemical purchased it 17 years after the disaster. Uh, I want to move down to... Here you go. You will love this. In June 2010, seven Indian nationals who were UCIL employees in 1984, including the former UCIL chairman, were convicted in Bhopal of causing death by negligence and sentenced to two years imprisonment and to fine of about $2,000 each 
the maximum punishment allowed by Indian law. All were, all were released on bail shortly after the verdict. An eighth former employee was also convicted, but died before the judgment was passed. The factory was built in 1969 to produce the pesticide 7, UCC's brand name for carbaryl, using methyl isocyanate as an intermediate. The production plant was added in 1979. The chemical process employed in the Bhopal plant had methylamine uh, reacting with phosgene to form MIC, which was then reacted with one naphthol to form the final product, carbaryl. Another manufacturer, Bayer, also used this MIC intermediate process at the chemical plant once owned by UCC at Institute West Virginia in the United States. After the plant was built, other manufacturers produced this without MIC that had a greater manufacturing cost. This route differed from the MIC-free routes used elsewhere in which the same raw materials were combined in a different manufacturing order, with phosgene first reacting to form a chloroformate ester, which was in turn reacted with methylamine. In the early 1980s, the demand for pesticides had fallen, but production continued regardless leading to an accumulation of stores of unused MIC where that method was used. So I feel like you can kind of see where this is going, right? In 1976, two local trade unions complained of pollution within the plant. In 1981, a worker was accidentally splashed with phosgene as he was carrying out a maintenance job of the plant's pipes. In a panic, he removed his gas mask and inhaled a large amount of the toxic gas, leading to his death 72 hours later. Following these events, a journalist began investigating and published his findings in Bhopal's local paper, Repat, in which he urged, wake up, people of Bhopal, you are on the edge of a volcano. In January 1982, a phosgene leak exposed 24 workers, all of whom were admitted to a hospital. None of them had been ordered to wear protective equipment. A month later, in February 1982, an MIC leak affected 18 workers. In August 1982, a chemical engineer came in contact with liquid MIC, resulting in burns over 30% of his body. In October 1982, there was another leak. In attempting to stop the leak, the MIC supervisor suffered severe chemical burns and two other workers were severely exposed to the gases. During 1983 and 1984, there were leaks of all the rest of these, sometimes in combination. Uh, What an absolute mess uh i mean that's just that's just terrible monkey nips says sig fucking gar fucking goyle what's up man how's it going monkey nips good to see you we after discussing a little bit of the movie wanted dead or alive have now gone into uh it's good to see you too brother good to see you monkey nips says cheers cheers to everybody out there um went into a little bit of some uh, an actual real-life event that they sort of reference in the movie. Then when I looked it up and I read about it, realized, oh my God, this is just terrible. Absolutely terrible. A harrowing, uh, a harrowing event. Um, you beat some motherfuckers' asses in magic tonight. Great job, dude. Um, were you guys playing for cards? Do you play for cards? Or if you win, you take uh, some of the other people's cards? Like, do you guys have stakes? Or do you just play, like, exhibition style? So, liquid MIC storage. The Bhopal facility housed three underground, 68,000 liter, so that's about 18,000 gallons, of liquid MIC storage tanks. In the months leading up to the leak, the production was in progress and being used to fill the tanks. The safety regulations at the time specified that no one tank should be filled more than 50% with liquid MIC. The tanks were pressurized with inert nitrogen gas. The pressurization allowed liquid MIC to be pumped out of each tank as needed and also kept impurities out of the tanks. Uh... Monkey Nip says, $6 buy-in, first gets $25 store credit, got first in two of the three rounds. Uh, Joey, what did I miss? You missed Cigar Flash stream. Yeah, I was completely naked. I was uh, dancing around doing backflips uh, naked down here in the basement, so that's that's what you missed. Um, so, um, one of these tanks. So, in 1984, one of the tanks lost the ability to contain most of the gas pressure which meant that they could not pump the liquid MIC out. 
At the time of that failure, there were 42 tons of the liquid MIC inside of it. Shortly after that, fa- after that failure, the production was halted and parts of the plant were shut down for maintenance. The maintenance included the shutdown of the flare tower so that a corroded pipe could be repaired. With that out of service, production was resumed in late November using MIC stored in the two tanks still in service. So, an attempt to reestablish pressure in that same failed tank on the 1st of December failed, so the 48 tons, or I'm sorry, the 42 tons of liquid MIC contained within still could not be pumped out of it. So, all of this just comes back to you now have this highly corrosive uh sort of compound uh it's it's very caustic um if you read up on this stuff i mean it's a it's a really nasty it's very very hazardous to humans um so they had what 42 tons of the stuff laying around in tanks that had failed with potential corroded pipes um and so anyway um you'll like this here's where this goes off the rails So what I'm talking about now, Joey, is a thing called the Bhopal disaster that's spelled B-H-O-P-A-L. And it's regarded as one of the worst industrial chemical accidents um, that has transpired. Um, So I'm just reading. um, Monkey Nip says. I'm going to read this out loud. Why when a woman gets a vibrator seems a bit of naughty fun. But when a guy orders a 240-volt Fuckmaster Pro 5000 blow-up latex doll, six-speed pulsating pussy elasticide anus and non-drip semen collection tray together with optional built-in realistic orgasm scream surround sound system, he's called a pervert. Who calls who who would call that person a pervert? I didn't I didn't call him pervert. I I imagine most of the rest of the people in the chat would shrug their shoulders and say whatever. I mean, if that's what you want, dude, have fun there's people well don't talk to those people don't deal with those people anyone who is gonna kink judge in that regard is just hiding some more skeletons in their closet that's my standpoint i'm sticking to it so here we go by early december 1984 most of the plant's mic related safety systems were malfunctioning and many valves and lines were in poor condition in addition several of the vent scrubbers had been out of service as well as the steam boiler intended to clean the pipes During the late evening hours, water was believed to have entered a side pipe and into the tank while trying to unclog it, which contained the 42 tons that had been there since October. Uh, The introduction of water into the tank resulted in a runaway exothermic reaction, which was accelerated by contaminants, high ambient temperatures, and various other factors, such as the presence of iron from corroding non-stainless steel pipelines. So... In this case, again, what you have is you have substandard materials. You have a, a, a facility in disrepair with safety protocols that weren't followed. And even though the thing was failing and they had multiple failures, they had all this chemical sitting in there. And rather than trying to figure out some other way to pump it out, they still, you could tell, they kind of wanted to keep it. And again, uh, you continue to have these failures and now like when you have a when you have a runaway reaction like this i mean there really isn't any way to stop that it's just gonna have a complete uh fucking meltdown um so then we get to uh the pressure in the tank although initially nominal at 10 30 p.m had reached and that was 2 psi at 10 30 had reached 10 psi by 11 two different senior refinery employees assumed this is great. Assumed that the reading was instrumentation malfunction. By 11.30, workers in the area were feeling the effects of minor exposure and began to look for a leak. One was found by 11.45 p.m. and reported it to the supervisor on duty. The decision was made to address the problem after a 12.15 a.m. tea break. And in the meantime, employees were instructed to continue looking for leaks. The incident was discussed by areas during the break. I mean, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, my God. Uh, yeah, very much like a three mile Island, uh, thing here. You know, you just have, uh, like I say, a, a, a series of just horrendous conditions all going through. Um, I mean, stainless steel, it's, I, I mean, it's, how much is stainless steel versus how much is it to annihilate your whole surrounding area? Because you have, 
like, you know, when you get rust and you get things that oxide and go through pipes that you're using to store chemicals, you're going to have chemical reactions. Exactly what happened. It's why you don't do that. It's why you don't use that shit. In five minutes after the tea break ended at 1240, the reaction in the tank E610 reached a critical state at an alarming speed. Temperatures in the tank were off the scale, maxed out beyond 25 degrees Celsius, and the pressure in the tank was indicated at 48 PSI. One employee witnessed a concrete slab above the tank crack as the emergency relief valve burst open and pressure in the tank continued to increase to 55 PSI. This despite the fact that atmospheric venting of toxic MIC gas had already begun. Direct atmospheric venting should have prevented or at least partially mitigated three safety devices which were malfunctioning, not in use, insufficiently sized, or otherwise rendered inoperable. A refrigeration system that was meant to con- that was meant to cool the tanks was shut down in 1982 and the Freon had been removed in 1984. So you had no cooling tanks. Since the storage system assumed refrigeration, its high temperature alarm set to sound at 11 degrees Celsius had long since been disconnected and tank storage temperatures reigned between 15 and 40 degrees. <laughs> hey, we're storing this highly volatile poisonous gas that needs refrigeration. You know what? Let's just disconnect the refrigerator and sell the Freon. <laughs> <laughs> here you go you want to let's continue i'm laughing at this because it's just such a horrendous disaster a flare tower to burn the mic gas as it escaped which had had a connecting pipe removed for maintenance and was improperly sized to neutralize a link or a leak of the size produced by the tank So that's that. You had that also that came in there. You also had a vent scrubber, which was deactivated at the time and was in standby mode and had insufficient caustic soda and power to safely stop a leak of the magnitude produced. So in this case, like Joey's saying, people like to go cheap. Their argument was that they didn't and that was just a series of malfunctions, possibly sabotage. I mean, I don't think you'll ever know at this point, but what a terrible disaster. And you can't have safety protocols like the, I mean, my God, 500,000 plus people affected by this. Just terrible. Black Cat says, I was thinking about Freon today. Humans are smart enough to develop new technologies, but not wise enough to use them properly. That's uh, very much like a, a science fiction sort of thing, right? The whole man, machine, super science, and yeah, humans are smart, but then sometimes we go overboard a little bit and don't realize that we're treading into waters that have a slope that once you go start down it, you can't go back up. Um, so here you go. Um, about 30 tons of MIC escaped from the tank and the atmosphere in 45 to 60 minutes. This would increase to 40 tons within two hours. The gases were blown in a southeasterly direction over Bhopal. Joey says, now that's what I call a power move. That's a, uh, I mean, it's a nasty move. A UCIL employee triggered the plant's alarm system at 1240 AM as the concentration of gas in the plant became difficult to tolerate. Activation of the system triggered two alarm sirens. One that sounded inside and another to the exterior, which would alert the public and the city of Bhopal. The two siren systems had been decoupled from one another, so that it was possible to leave the factory warning siren on while turning off the other one. And this is exactly what was done. The public siren briefly sounded and was quickly turned off as per company procedure meant to avoid alarming the public around the factory over tiny leaks. Workers, meanwhile, evacuated the plant, traveling upwind. Hey, fucking, that's awesome. Nice job. Very nice. That's a very class, that's a very classy move right there. Bhopal's superintendent of police was informed by telephone and by a town inspector that the residents of the neighborhood of Chola were fleeing a gas leak at approximately 1 a.m., Calls to the plant by police gave assurances twice that everything is okay, and on the last attempt made, 
We don't know what has happened. We don't know what has happened, sir. Sorry, I'm going to make that voice because fucking... With the lack of timely information exchange between UCIL and Bhopal authorities, the city's Hamadiyya Hospital was first told that the gas leak was suspected to be ammonia and then phosgene. Finally, they received an updated report that it was MIC, which hospital staff had never heard of and had no antidote for, nor did they receive any immediate information about it. I mean, <laughs> over and over, repeat these scenarios. Yeah, it's just a small leak. Just put, just put it on, just use the piece of duct tape. Just duct tape over it. Duct tape holds everything, right? You had you had a giant chemical plant manufacturing a horrendous chemical, and you didn't have any of the people in the nearby medical staffs at all trained about any of the stuff there, about mitigation, emergency procedures. What the fuck? What the fucking fuck? Can you believe this shit? The MIC gas leak emanating from the tank petered out at approximately 2 a.m. 15 minutes later, the plant's public siren was sounded for an extended period of time after first having been silenced an hour and a half earlier. Some minutes after that siren sounded, a UCIL employee walked to police control room to both inform them of the link, the leak, their first acknowledgement that one had occurred at all, and that the leak had been plugged. Most city residents who were exposed to the gas were first made aware of the leak by exposure to the gas itself or by opening their doors to investigate commotion rather rather than having been instructed to shelter in place or to evacuate before the arrival of the gas in the first place. Yeah, there you go. Amazing choices. Uh, Says Joey. Black Cat says, they were just good butt kissers. That's how they got their jobs. Well, yeah, everybody points, oh, well, this guy in in the book, I didn't... papers and I, I fucking technocrats all right so now we're gonna get on to a little bit of some nastiness about this here hold on i need to find what is this cable this might not be the right cable it's not the right cable sorry right i'll make do my tablet runs out of power i'll just use my phone right right here we go ready Deep breath. The initial effects of exposure were coughing, severe eye irritation, and a feeling of suffocation, burning in the respiratory tract, blepharospasm. I don't know what that means. I didn't look that up. Breathlessness, stomach pains, and vomiting. People awakened by these symptoms fled from the plant. Those who inhaled more than those in vehicles. Uh, and owing to their height, children and other residents of shorter stature inhaled higher concentrations as methyl isocyanate gas is approximately twice as dense as air, and therefore in an open environment has a tendency to fall towards the ground. Oh, great. So all your babies and little children just got fucking disintegrated. Hey, that's great. Thousands of people had died by the following morning. Primary causes of death were choking, reflexogenic circulatory collapse, and pulmonary edema. Findings during autopsy reveals changes not only in the lungs, but also cerebral edema, tubular necrosis of the kidneys, fatty degeneration of the liver, and necrotizing enteritis. The stillbirth rate increased up by 300% and the neonatal mortality rate by about 200%. I mean, holy shit. I mean, uh, yeah, Joey, you know, I, I've had breathing attacks and stuff like that, and that really sucks, but I can't imagine having a gas like this roll through a town and, you know, you're coughing and maybe initially you think it's just from smog or an asthma attack or whatever, and then the next thing you know, your shit's burning and literally disintegrating, um, Black Cat says, I should list out all the shit I've witnessed. My sister-in-law is a thalidomide baby. What is that? Can you explain a little bit what that is in the chat, Black Cat? King Dinosaur 69 says, fucking hell, man. I know. This is, I should have maybe had a little bit more of a warning on how brutal this particular episode is. Um, so, you know, the gas, the gas <clears throat> cloud continues to roll 
continues to roll down. Afterwards, in the immediate aftermath, the plant was closed by the Indian government, which subsequently failed to make the data public, contributing to confusion. Um, So, the UCC chairman, CEO Warren Anderson, together with a technical team, immediately traveled to India. Upon arrival, he was placed under house arrest and urged by Indian government to leave the country within 24 hours. A union carbide organized a team of international medical experts, as well as supplies and equipment to work with the local Bhopal medical community, and the UCC technical team began assessing the cause of the gas leak. Now, here, oh, a drug they gave to pregnant women in the 50s for nausea, all kinds of birth defects. Jesus, that sounds fucking terrible. My God. Like I said, this people got some power move. That's terrible. So sorry. That is terrible. Oh, I'm going to continue. This is not the healthcare system immediately became overloaded in the severely affected areas. Nearly 70% were underqualified doctors. Medical staff were unprepared for the thousands of casualties. Doctors and hospitals were not aware of proper treatment methods for MIC gas inhalation. There were mass funerals and cremations. Um, There's uh, pictures that they took uh, in 1984 that won awards. uh, So here we go. Within a few days, trees in the vicinity became barren and bloated animal carcasses had to be disposed of. 170,000 people were treated at hospitals and temporary dispensaries and 2,000 buffalo, goats, and other animals were collected and buried. Supplies, including food, became scarce owing to suppliers' safety fears. Fishing was prohibited, causing further supply shortages. Uh, Black Hat says, look it up. Look up the fucking swine flu vaccine they made in the 70s. (sighs) Every time I start to voice a little bit of some trepidation about taking stuff that the media and scientists science guys like do you not realize how many things have happened in the course of human history that scientists assured everyone was great and good and it'll be just fine what makes you think that in that regard they're any fucking smarter or more responsible about that than they were before because i'll tell you they aren't you're, they're still human like anyone else and you still make mistakes. And I know like we all like to think we know everything, but fucking don't. So I always get a little bit of some heebie jeebies around shit like this. Science didn't change. They'd never need to print another book. Black cat with a fucking prophetic mic drop right there. I like that. That's a great way to put it. Uh, lacking any safe alternative, on the 16th of December, two tanks were emptied of the remaining MIC by reactivating the plant and continuing the manufacture of pesticide. Despite, despite safety precautions, such as having water-carrying helicopters continue fl- overflying the plant, this led to a second mass evacuation. Uh, complaints of lack of information or misinformation were widespread. An Indian government spokesperson said, Carbide is more interested in getting information from us than helping our relief work. Formal statements were issued that air, water, vegetation, and foodstuffs were safe, but warned not to consume fish. The number of children exposed to the gases was at least 200,000. Within weeks, the state government established a number of hospitals, clinics, and mobile units in the gas-affected area to treat the victims. Hail the villainous. As I worked for a doctor that got an Olympics trip with full ski gear and five-star hotel from a drug company for sales. there's there's none of this no there's no handshaking partnership that's that's all just science and for the good of the patients right yeah science is cool but can also be scary million percent so if you continue to read this This goes on to talk about the legal action that happened afterwards 
that went on and on and on. Um, so I'm going to go on and read, uh, I'm going to skip over some of the litigation part. Long-term health effects. Black Cat. Hold on. Black Cat says, tell me about it. I have one niece who's a major executive at Merck. Another niece that got everything for free because she was another big wig. Big corruption and you're the black sheep. Well, yeah, because you're not uh, selling out the rest of humanity for fucking dollar. What are you, insane? Black Cat, you're one of the nicer people that I have met and have known. Now, you know I don't know you super personally in real life, but black sheep are absolutely and a thousand percent welcome in the cigar girl lounge. And so I couldn't be happier that you continued to come and join us. So besides black is one of the best colors anyway. Uh, some data about the health effects are still not available. The Indian council of medical research was forbidden to publish health effect data until 1994. A total of 36 wards were marked by the authorities as being gas-affected, affecting a population of 520,000. Of these, 200,000 were below 15 years of age, and 3,000 were pregnant women. The official immediate death toll was about 2,260. 2, uh, Ingrid Eckerman estimated 8,000 had died within two weeks. So there's discrepancies on the numbers if if i was a betting man i would bet on the higher number later the affected area was expanded to include 700,000 citizens a government affidavit affidavit in 2006 stated the leak caused 558,125 injuries including about 39,000 temporary partial injuries and approximately 3,900 severely and permanently disabling injuries. I mean, my God, Uh, that's bad. Uh, The the babies too. Um, A number of clinical studies were performed. The quality varies, but the different reports support each other. Studied and reported long-term health effects are eyes, chronic conjunctivitis, scars on the cornea, corneal opacities and early cataracts, on the respiratory tracts, obstructive and or restrictive disease, pulmonary fibrosis, aggravation of tuberculosis and chronic bronchitis, in the neurological system, impairment of memory, fine motor skills, numbness, etc., Psychological problems, post-traumatic stress disorder, children's health, peri- and neonatal death rates increased, failure to grow, intellectual impairment, etc. Um, so just an absolute fucking disaster. Um, the f- when the factory was closed, a lot of the stuff was sold. Uh, the plants are still there. Uh, as our storages of the different residues, the isolation material is falling down and spreading. The area around the plant was used as a dumping area for hazardous chemicals. Um, several other studies showed polluted soil and groundwater in the area. Reporting polluting compounds include just a whole fucking horrendous pile of chemicals. Uh, in order to provide safe drinking water... They presented a scheme for improvement of the supply. They decided that toxic waste should be incinerated, which was met by protests from activists all over India. In 8th of June 2012, the Center for Incineration of Toxic Bhopal Waste agreed to pay about 3.5 U.S. million to dispose of the chemical plant's waste in Germany. Oh, my God. A U.S. court rejected the lawsuit, blaming them for causing soil and water pollution around the site of the plant and ruled that responsibility for remedial measures rested with the state government and not with the UCC. So, I mean, this goes on, but it it devastated. It devastated this area. Um, So, they... If you go on and you read the causes... Now, we sort of already went over them, but they say it's a combination of... Uh, corporate negligence from one point of view. Yeah, absolutely, Joey. It will. I mean, that's the problem with having something like that, especially when it breaks down 
and you, you have the raw materials now that you haven't combined and they don't know what to do with them. You got to find some place to put them. I mean, eventually storage tanks leak and break down and then it's just going to leak around into the surrounding area and stuff like that. I mean, you know, if you look at, if you want to look up something else that's scary, uh, look up, um, scotch guard, fucking scotch guard is fucking terrifying. Like you can't get rid of it. Um, so some people, uh, regard corporate negligence, um, but then there's also now you can believe what you want or not believe what you want, but union carbide says that there was worker sabotage. They say, and they argue that it was not physically possible for the water to enter the tank without concerted human effort. And that extensive testimony and engineering analysis leads to a conclusion that water entered the tank when a rogue individual employee hooked a water hose directly to an empty valve on the side of the tank. This point of view further argues that the Indian government took extensive actions to hide this possibility in order to attach blame to UCC. Hey man, every now and then people will go, why would somebody do that? I don't know. Laziness, dumbness, craziness, uh, the thing about trying to often go, why did somebody do a crazy thing that hurt a whole bunch of people? I don't know. That's <laughs> fucking, why would you do that? I can't fathom that. That's, I mean, yeah, I, I hate to say evil, but other than evil, I don't know what else, I don't know what else to say. I can't fathom why you would do that. Fucking, but clearly people have, people have done all sorts of terrible shit. Why would a man do this? Man is dumb. <laughs> I mean, the only problem with blaming a ghost is I feel like that ghost, I mean, maybe the ghost was lonely because holy shit, did he kill a lot of people? Good God. Still wrong. Still corporate. And just one employee can get in there and fuck it up. Well, and that's the thing, right? You have multiple other systems, even if that happened. So let's even just say that this was sabotage, that a worker hooked this hose up. Let's just say he was like, I'm going to fucking do it. You had the refrigeration systems that weren't working. You had oxidization pipes that didn't work. You had a flare tower that was malfunctioning that didn't work. You shut the fucking alarms off. Now, the shutting the alarms off had to come from up high. I mean, so you could, you could be partially not at blame, but come on. There's way, there's way too much other bullshit going on there for that to be a, a complete clean oh yeah you didn't, it's cool dude mm. um so you can go on you can read uh m- more of this uh but it talks about adequacy and regulations and you know going on in here the tank alarms hadn't been working for four years there's only one manual backup system compared to a f- compared to a four-stage backup system used in the United States. The flare tower and several gas scrubbers have been out of service for five months before the disaster. Only one of them was operating, and it couldn't treat that, which would have brought the concentration down to a safe level. The flare tower could only handle a quarter of it, and moreover, it was out of order at the time of the incident. To reduce energy costs, the refrigeration system was idle. Even the steam boiler intended to clean the pipes was non-operational for unknown reasons. Uh, so, I mean, you just go on there and you just go on this checklist and you just go, well, yeah, like, uh, again, even, even, if, even if somebody did this on purpose, you had too many other things here that were going wrong, again, for you to not have some fairly heavy duty piece of blame, you know, for what happened. I mean, just awful. So much bullshit. Don't get me started. Rocky flats. Now, now nightcaps are meant to be happy. (laughs) This, this is not happy. So, um, safety audits and possibility of the negligence, uh, employee sabotage. Um, there are some, Uh, so I'll just, I'm just going to read this. The evidence advanced by the UCC alleged to support the hypothesis 
of sabotage. A key witness testified that when he entered the control room at 12.15 a.m. prior to the disaster, the atmosphere was tense and quiet. Another key witness testified that when he arrived, he noticed that the local pressure indicator was missing and that he found a hose lying next to the empty manhead created by the missing pressure indicated and that the hose had water running out of it. This testimony was corroborated by other witnesses. Graphological analysis revealed major attempts to alter log files and destroy log evidence. Other log files showed that the control team had attempted to purge that immediately prior. An attempt was then made to cover this up via log alteration. Um, Secondhand and thirdhand recounting of the events yielded two accounts that corroborated this. An operator from a different unit stated that after the release, two MIC operators had told him that water had entered the tank through a pressure gauge. One employee stated that he had been told by a close friend of one of the MIC operators that water had entered through a tube that had been connected to the tank. This had been allegedly discovered by the other MIC operators who then tried to open and close the valves to prevent the release. So you go through this and it's, it's, it's a mess, right? It, it's terrible. Um, there's ongoing contamination uh, chemicals abandoned the plant continue to leak and pollute the groundwater. Um, whether those chemicals po- pose a health hazard is disputed. Uh, I mean, but <laughs> look, pee may be sterile, but I ain't drinking it. You can tell me that that stuff's not hazardous. Do you think I'm going to drink that water? Given a choice? Like my God. Well, the thing is, Joey, it can still make you mad. And part of the reason why it can make you mad is because people are still like this. St- it's just to keep like shit like this continues to kind of happen. Um, you know, in, in what I don't want to say a little bit, uh, frustrates me every now and then is the idea of people who want to, and look, I want, I want mother earth to be clean and pristine and perfect and so on and so on and so on. But people will go out and scream and complain, for example, that we need to replace, and I'm talking especially in the United States, we need to get rid of cars and go towards all public transport because of the pollution. But if you look at the actual data, the vehicles, they're relatively clean by this point. And I'm not saying they don't still create pollution. Of course they do. But my God, the amount of pollution created by a lot of these industrial facilities and the amount of chemical shit that's still leaking all over the place. I mean, buses are terrible, sure. But your cars, I mean, geez, Honda has been releasing PZEV vehicles for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of municipal equipment, a lot of large diesel heavy equipment, but even that in terms of a bus, you know, they're talking about, yeah, let's move things to mass transit. Well, yeah, like you're telling me that the bus is making less pollution than my car, than like six cars? Probably not. But my only point being, there are areas out there in the rest of the world where you have chemical spills and shit like this going on. And honestly, I had never heard of this. I have never in my life heard anyone mention the Bhopal disaster. Um, I don't want to say like some of that stuff gets forgotten or left out, but it took watching wanted dead or alive to even know that this happened. Now I have people that I know that I work with that are from India. They've never even mentioned this. Now I imagine they probably know about it. I don't know. You'd be like, Hey man, um, how you doing on Thursday? You want to get a donut? Oh yeah, sure. By the way, have you heard about this horrible chemical disaster? I mean, I, I get it. I get that it's not really like a common conversation topic, but it was just kind of crazy. Black Cat says, look at pictures comparing 1970 to now in the U.S. Big difference. Check out China. Yeah. So there we are. The next nightcap episode is going to be an upper not a downer we did a few big silly crazy episodes uh when i heard about this and i read about it i wanted to get it out there um that was all me just basically narrating a wikipedia article there's tons of articles out there once i did once i called this up and did a search for it my god the amount of information that's out there that's about this is astounding um 
Again, I'd never heard of it. So let's do this. Okay. I feel like what we need is a little bit of a palate cleanser. So it's a little after midnight. Let's do another 10 minutes. And as long as you don't ask me something that's going to get me banned off of Twitch or whatever, what do you want to talk about? Ask me a question. Let's talk about something. Let's, let's bring it, let's bring it up to something lighthearted so that we can all have a laugh and, uh, end on a happy note and finish the last drink and be, you know, a little, a little more upbeat. Joey says, well, this was a fascinating, uh, this was fascinating cigar. Thank you for the knowledge stream. You're very welcome. Um, I like reading and talking about stuff like this on here too. I know, again, a lot of times it's movie reviews and goofball stuff, but hey, this is also a place to share some knowledge and some discussion of stuff that's serious and important. Um, and honestly, it is serious and it is important. Um, you know, and and so watch out for shit like that. So let's let's lighten up the mood. What sort of what sort of silly things you talk about? What is my hobbies? Well, obviously. I like podcasting. Uh, I like cigars. I like riding motorcycles. I like lifting weights. Um, you doing Gundam builds and drawing. Are Gundam Gundams the that's like a plastic like a model kit that you put together, right? Like, does you do you have to use glue and stuff for that, or they just snap together? You know, I like the, uh, um, well, the one hobby that I wanted to do. So I have, I had an idea. I wanted to make sort of this little light aperture, um, out of some terracotta pots. Uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to use an oscillating tool to cut little channels in there and then put led lights inside so that you could sort of hang those up and have kind of a neat, uh, little sort of a, of a potted thing with lights. And then you could cover that with an acrylic and then actually put the plants in there so that you'd have light up flower pots. Uh, you'd have light up flower pots that you could either attach to a little solar battery or you could just plug them in. And that way then you could have your plants at night sort of illuminated with some different colors. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Um, I'm not quite sure how to do it. I think what I should probably do is just buy one of the terracotta pots and just fart around with it and see what happens. And if it turns out shitty, then it turns out shitty. And that's the end of that. <laughs> um, yeah, pottery. Um, uh, like just a regular, I mean, t- t- terracotta. Do you know what terracotta is? It's like that reddish beige clay kind of color. Um, you know, I, I, I like, I like, I like the way that they weather. They look cool. And I would... I would much rather use something like that instead of just plastic. Black Cat says, oh, I used to collect antique photos, any kind of weird and usual item. Then my hobby was finding my hobby. Did I say hobby? My hobby was finding proper homes for them. Now I take pictures and try to find trouble wherever I can. You do fantastic pictures. I love your pictures, uh, Black Cat. You posted a picture of some restaurant or something with the like some mountainous terrain in the background. It's very pretty. I really like that. Um, so in terms of uh, other hobbies, um, you know, a thing that I haven't talked about and I don't really like to talk about a ton is... Uh, um, I do really also, uh, like, and appreciate again, um, I like shooting sports, I like target sports, I don't really hunt. Um, but I do find that fun and frustrating enough for me right now. That is a hobby that's extremely difficult to do because all of that stuff is either way expensive or just impossible to get your hands on. So that's a little disappointing. It's also disappointing to me that the cigar lounges are closed, which again means that I'm gonna have to find a way to have a cigar outside. Now, we have five more minutes. So, tomorrow is Christmas Eve. I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to be doing for Christmas Eve. I don't know if I'm going to be visiting my parents or not, or if I'm just going to be home. If I'm going to just be home, my intent would be 
that. If I can get to it earlier in the day, I would like to warm up my garage a little bit. And what we will do is we will just have a chill out. We aren't going to do any particular topic. We'll just have a Christmas Eve and we'll just sit and talk. I'll have some cigars and some drinks in there and we can just laugh and chat and just hang out. Uh, and that way then, um, anyone who is just hanging around who maybe either can't visit family or do whatever, at least you have some company and we can hang out and, uh, wish each other a Merry Christmas. Black cat likes to go to the gym and stare at people. Okay, so the way you wrote that sentence, do you like to stare at people at the gym? Or is that you like to go to the gym and also you like staring at people? I like to go to the gym and lift weights. Um, I did that today, so I'm a little sore and feel a little weird. Uh, <laughs> but it was good. It was a good workout. I have my uh, little total gym bench thing over here. I might do that on Friday too, by the way, depending. I might do that in the afternoon. Um, I used to do live streams on Periscope of workouts. So I used to work out on stream and I used to sort of coach through some workouts. Maybe I'll do that on Friday afternoon. We'll do a keep the holiday break weight at bay stream. I'll set this up and uh, you can watch me fumble around with the uh, limited equipment that I have here in my house. I used to have an extensive setup and I got rid of all of it and then COVID happened and then. So, um, Ooh, hail the villainous likes caving urban exploration, hiking the forest or river, and art stuff. Your urban exploration, by the way, if uh, villainous, you haven't checked out RoboPulp. RoboPulp Media, he's very much into urban exploration. He has some interesting videos on some things he does when he does urban exploring. Uh, you might want to check that out or say hello to him uh, sometime. Black Cat then has commented, both, my gym is next to Casa Bonita. You can't exercise in the damn mask anymore, so I'm spending more time with the violent pigeons out front. <laughs> Isn't camera art allowed in the gym? Yeah, uh, I know in the gym I'm at, you're not, you, they don't want you to do that. I mean, you'll occasionally see people on their phone, but I imagine if people started holding it up and taking pictures, you'd get chased out of there. Or to get your fucking ass kicked, either one. Hell, Villains is nice, I shall. Yeah, and, uh... Uh, you know, he's a nice dude. He's got a cool channel, uh, does, uh, does some cool content. Um, and also in terms of his art stuff, he does that whole thing with the toy photography that turns out really cool. Um, <clears throat> the mask wearing while you're working out is tough. I have a buddy of mine. He, uh, is heavy into weightlifting, uh, super athletic. And he's like, I can't do it with the mask. So he, he now just works out at his house. I've gotten used to it a little bit. I, I wear one of those gaiters. Uh, so I put the, you know, you've seen it in some of the pictures. It's the thing that goes all the way up and over. It's a little easier to breathe with that. And what happens is once it starts to get sort of saturated with sweat or uh, vapor from breath, I can at least grab it and pull it over so that then there's drier. Um, Hail the Villainous says, I have an incredible home gym with any piece of equipment you'd need. Do you have a hyperextension bench? That's cool. Oh, you're in high altitude. Yeah, you're in uh, Colorado, right? Are you up in the mountains, Black Cat? I miss having a great home gym, but then I, I was just I was getting lonely. I was tired of working out by myself. Villains, you'll have to send some pictures of your home gym. I'm curious to see what you got. Send you a picture of a four-station weeder. Nice. That's uh, really nice stuff. Oh, right up in Denver. When you go to Black, uh, when we go to Deathstrike Virus, if he's streaming, he uh, lives around that area. Um, he's a really nice guy. Um, you should 
hit him up and see, hey, if you guys either know any common haunts together or whatever, he's a super cool dude, a really nice person. So that's going to do it. This is a little bit of an extra long nightcap today. I'm sorry for this being a little bit of a downer of an episode. What a terrible tragedy. But every now and then you have to look at the ugly stuff to not only make sure you appreciate the good stuff, but also to make sure that when you see ugly shit like that creeping around, you can call it out, prepare for it, and watch your ass. Uh, Joey says, well, Cigar, I'm going to head out now. I'm going to finish the Ghost Rider sketch. Uh, Yep, we're going to end things now. So we're going to end this. Those of you listening to this as a podcast, thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the stream. We will see you again soon.